Yo, um, let me just say real quick that some of my episodes I do sitting down. This this for my regular listeners. Some of them I do sitting down, and some of them I do standing up. And I and I I just like was about to record and was wondering if when you listen to my show, can you tell which ones I do sitting down and which ones I do uh, standing up? And the only reason I even switch it up is because I'm just like, yo, I gotta stand up because I gotta deliver this. You know what I mean? <laughs> With more passion. It's hard for me to, you know, go super hard while I'm sitting down. It's better when I stand up. But whether I sit or stand, I'm going to leave that up to y'all um, to guess if I'm doing that. Uh, okay. Today I want to talk about documents. I'd like to preface this by saying I... <laughs> Hold on. Let me... Let me I got to censor myself. I don't like documents uh, and files and all the like. I try to use the least amount of documents that I have to as possible. I just don't, I don't like clutter. I don't like having a bunch of documents open to do or not open or just existing just because. Anytime I have to create something, like there's some information that I have to document, I put it inside of a system. If I got to write something down, I'm probably going to put it in OneNote or, or uh, uh, what's that? Uh, Google Keep. Um, if there's something I have to track, I'm putting it inside of a list. I'm not the guy that's going to be opening a spreadsheet here and there and opening a, a Word document here and opening a PowerPoint here. Like, that's just, I don't like it. So that's why I've been staying away. If, you, if you've been following me and you notice, I've been staring away from talking about files and documents and the strategies. Even though I know 98% of my customers are deep, knee-deep in documents. I'm going to apologize because the only reason I haven't been talking about them is just being stubborn. I, I have strategies and I can tell you what to do, but I've been keeping them to myself only because I just don't like talking about, I don't like using files, but I know that's not the way I should operate. You know what I'm saying? I'm always looking out for my customer. And so I know if I was embedded in an organization, of course, they'd be asking all types of stuff about documents and I'd be helping. So let me not do that. I'm going to stop as of today. I'm going to start add, uh, adding documents to the arsenal because y'all need to know. And SharePoint is a great place to, to put your documents. Speaking of which, that's what most people think SharePoint is. They think it's just a big document repository. Now, granted, SharePoint can do a million things. Document hosting is just one. And today I'm going to talk about metadata and how it could just level up your uh, document strategy. You know what I'm talking about? So, listen, this is the SharePoint Help Desk Podcast. I am your host, Thurman Trotman. I'm stupid excited that you're here because you could be listening to any podcast in the whole entire world about anything. But if you're hearing the sound of my voice, that means you chose to, on your own, go and click the, the, the streaming joint, you know what I mean, and listen to my podcast. I appreciate that all day, every day. And I really do mean that. I'm very thankful. Thank you so much. Um, now, let's get into it. I want to talk about metadata but before i talk about metadata let me just explain to you what it is real quick so all metadata is is just data that explains a thing let's call a thing a vacuum so you're at a company you sell vacuums let's talk about it the vacuum is the thing the model number metadata the color of that vacuum metadata the manufacturer metadata all of those things describe 
the main thing. The main thing is the vacuum. All those other pieces of data describe that um, vacuum. Those pieces of data are metadata. That's it. I'm not going to get into any technical jargon about whatever. Just understand that that's what metadata is. Now, you have metadata available to you inside of SharePoint, inside of SharePoint libraries. Remember, you, you got two major components inside of SharePoint. Those are lists and libraries. Lists track information, libraries track documents. So let's use an example of, let's see, uh, a rental, let's say you work at a rental, a rental company, right? Um, and at this rental company, you know, you do all kinds of things that involve documents. Um, I know that when we drop off a vehicle, or actually when you pick up a vehicle, they uh, walk around the car with you and they look at the car, make sure there's no, it, I mean, or they track existing dings and scratches and blah, 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 right? Um, so they do an inspection with you. Then you have to sign a rental agreement that says, you know, you're the only person who's going to drive the car. Um, you know, you, you verified your license, whatever, you sign a rental agreement, whatever. Then if you get into an accident with this car or if you're smoking in the car and you burn a, a hole in the seat or, you know, whatever, you do something to, to damage the car. I've never done that, but I'm going to guess that you probably they probably the rental company probably have to they probably got to like uh, create a damage report or something like that. For those three things, walking around the car, doing the inspection, having the person sign the rental agreement, uh, doing a damage report, we could say there's probably, I'm just guessing, there's three documents that you have to use to do these things. Let's call one the inspection request, or let's just call it the inspection. Well, I don't know. <laughs> just whatever. There's a document that you have to fill out as you walk around the vehicle with the person and that's one document. Then there's another document where you have to hand it over to the, uh, uh, the, the, the driver and have them sign it. Let's call that the rental agreement. And then there's one that if somebody damages the car, you got to fill out a report. We could just call that the damage report document. Three different documents. Those are only three documents. You and your organization, you're probably dealing with 50,000 documents <laughs> for no reason. But, you know, that's another day, uh, another story for another day. All right, let's say that you have a library called Company Documents, and they host these three documents, the inspection document, the rental agreement, and the damage report, right? Now, uh, most companies will just upload these documents and tell folks, if you need a document, go in that library, it's right there. That's good. I, I ain't mad at that. Central location, one place to find your document, name your document properly so it makes sense. Cool. But this episode, this podcast episode, is about breathing life into your documents. Those documents are work, but they're dead. You understand what I'm talking about? Let's do something better. And let's do it with some metadata. I'm going to give you three metadata columns that I personally like, and I find them useful, useful for most documents. All right. Number one is the description column. So remember, the thing that we're tracking is that these documents, and now we're going to start adding metadata to describe these documents. The first column that I recommend is the description column. Why? Because it, again, it breathes life into your documents. 
So when I go and I see a document that says inspection request, I could put two and two together. That makes sense. I could use that to do, or do I call it inspection request? Maybe we just call it inspection, or we call it a vehicle inspection. So we call this document the vehicle inspection, but what's crazy is that it could mean two different things. It could mean the, the document that you walk around the, the vehicle um, with the renter with, you walk around the vehicle with them and you know fill that out, or because you manage a bunch of uh, vehicles as a rental agency, uh, you might need to do the yearly inspection on these cars. So that vehicle inspection could, could mean two different things. This is where your description column comes in. Your description column just gives more detail on what you would use this document for. So I would upload the inspection document, let's call it vehicle inspection, and I would uh, make a, a column called description, and guess what my description column says? It says, use this document when surveying the vehicle with the renter. Boom. You know what I'm saying? So if I come into the library and I see that thing called vehicle request, I mean vehicle uh, uh, inspection, maybe I don't know what that means. But I look right over to the column that says description, and guess what? Um, it says use this document when surveying the vehicle with the renter. So now I'm like, oh, okay, that's how I use that? Too easy. That, that, that helps me. Let's do the description column for the next um, document. The rental agreement. So in the, in the description column for the rental agreement, I'm just going to put something like, have the customer sign this document after you've done the vehicle inspection and they have verified their identification. Something like that. You know? Like, again, lending context to what we're doing here. All right. Let's go to another one. The damage report. That one that I talked about. So this one, the description column would say something like, fill out this damage report if the vehicle comes back damaged. And you could say, example, cigarette burns, um, smell of smoke, uh, scratches, whatever. Like you put that in the description column. So now, this is what's so cool about this, is that, we, we're always t taking snippets and trying to save time, right? So if your team members, if your organization members come into this library, instead of them having to open up each document and try to figure out what's going on there, all they got to do is look at the description column. Give your document a really good name. So, you know, it just it just where the description column supplements that. So it, it just, you know, it makes it better. So damage report, that's a pretty good name. <laughs> and then in the description, you put use this document Fill out this document if the vehicle is returned damaged, and then you give an example, cigarette burn, you know, window crack, whatever, who knows. Um, so use that description column to make that easier for your folks who are going to come into this library. They're busy. They got things to do. They're not there to try to figure out what your document is. Tell them what the document does in the description column. Super easy. All right, next column. Another column that I, I like to use is a date column. And the reason I like to use a date column is because there's a bunch of different reasons why you might have a date. You could probably have multiple date columns. But let's just say, uh, in this case, remember we talked about that inspection um, 
that inspection uh, uh, column. I mean, that inspection um, document. So we have an inspection document that you use to walk around the vehicle with the person. But let's say you have uh, an inspection document that really is the inspection for the vehicle because, you know, you manage a bunch of vehicles. A good reason to have a date column, you would call that inspection date renewal, right? So right now, this is July, what, what is this, July 6th, maybe, 2023. And I just, I just um, uh, put in an inspection document for a certain vehicle. I could then say in that date column, uh, what what is it? Inspection renewal date. Set it for let's say it's two years. Let's say it's twenty twenty five July sixth. And then guess what I get to do? Out of the box with SharePoint, I could tell SharePoint to remind me in thirty days. I mean thirty days ahead of that date that I need to, you know, renew this vehicle, renew the inspection on this vehicle, or I tell it to do it in sixty days because I probably need more time to get things ready. That is why I recommend putting a date column because I don't know what you got going on, but a date column can be super powerful because you might need a reminder for some reason to do a thing. So remember the three documents that we talked about initially, the inspection where you walk around the vehicle, the uh, rental agreement that you have the person sign, and then uh, the, the uh, damage report. Maybe those, maybe those documents need to be reviewed yearly. Because new laws are coming out and new standards are being created inside of the, um, uh, what do you call that? Inside of the uh, 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 company or the rental car uh, uh, industry. Who knows? I don't know. Whatever. But you put a review date on that and then you tell it to remind you 30 days out from the review date, hey, this document needs to be reviewed. And then you and, you know, project manager or whoever review the document. Make sure it's good to go. And then you say, okay, it's cool going forward for another year. And then you change the date in the review date column. So in summary, all I'm saying is that use a date column if, there for, if for some reason you need to attach a date to your documents. So that's two down, one to go. The description column which talks more about the, the, what that document is. It allows people to scan your library. They don't got to sit there trying to figure out, you know, what the document is. They could just scan it real quick and, and figure out before they go click and open every single document. And then number two, a date column so that you can um, be reminded. You can use this, this, this document. I mean, you can use this date column to be reminded of anything, anything pertaining to your documents, any important date that pertains to your documents, put it, in your date column. That's two pieces of metadata, description, and date. Let's go with number three. So I like to use a column called doc type. You can't use type because that's like a SharePoint internal column. So don't worry about using type. You're going to have to name it something else. And what I always call it is doc, D-O-C, type. You could call it file type, whatever. It doesn't matter. The whole point is the reason I use this is to describe the document further and then like kind of section them off. So let's say that these three documents, you can, okay, so here's the other thing too. When you create this doc type column, it's yours. It's, it's however you want to describe it, whatever the, describe it, whatever the 
culture is at your company, use that jargon to describe your documents. So let's say at my rental car company, I like to refer to documents as customer, non-customer, right? And maybe non-customer means the customer is not involved and customer means customer is involved. Let's just say that that is company culture. Everybody knows that. It's a thing. So when you go into this library with the three documents that we've been talking about this whole time, under doc type, I'm going to create two types. I'm going to say um, customer and I'm going to say non-customer. So my inspection request, I'm going to call that a, uh, a non-customer document. Rental agreement, I'm going to call that a customer document. And damage report, I'm going to call that a non-customer document. The reason I'm calling a rental agreement a customer document is because the customer literally has to do something. They have to interact with that and sign it. Um, and that's how we define a customer document at my organization. At your organization, you could define that however you want with this doc type column. You could say, um, uh, what, do you, what do you call that? What do you call, uh, the people who deal with the customer at a rental agency. What, what is that? That's a... Um, a rep, like a field rep, right? So that's a field rep. And then you could have people who don't deal with the customer out in the field, but instead they deal with them on the phone. So maybe you call them customer service rep. <laughs> I'm making this up. You can now go in there and call your, and t you know, give your doc type two choices. It's going to be field rep or customer service rep. And at your organization, you know that field reps use all these documents. Customer reps use all these other kinds of documents. And maybe there are some documents that customer, that, that a customer rep and field rep both use. It's those kind of documents. You're not limited to two types of doc types. You can make as many as you want. Just be smart about it and make sure it aligns with what you already do at your organization. The point is... You now get to section these documents off. So check this out. This is just one basic thing you can do. You can group these documents. Instead of using folders, you can group these documents by the doc type. And so then when somebody goes inside of the library, they can easily scan and see, oh, wait, I'm looking for a customer. Uh, what is that? Customer, a customer document or I'm looking for a non-customer document. What I've done is I've grouped that off for them so that as soon as they get into the library, they see all the non-customer and all the customer just grouped off. Cool. I can create views. So I can create a view that shows me all of my documents. I can create a view that shows me all of my customer documents. I can create a view that shows me all of my non-customer documents. And I can double down on those views by taking the URL. Here's a bonus tip. Every view you create has a unique URL. So I could take, let's say I have a front page um, of, the, of the site, of my internal rental car company site. <laughs> and you click on a button that says all documents, all company documents, something like that. When you land on this all company documents page, you see a button that says customer documents. You see another button that says non-customer documents. You can lead those documents to the views that you created inside of your library. How cool is that? It's, it's just making things efficient for people. Now, 
let me, I got to give you a, a bonus tip here. We've created three pieces of metadata, the description, the date, and the doc type. The description further describes the document. The date check, tracks any important date that you feel um, people in the organization need to know. And the doc type segments, it tags, if you will, tags your documents however you want to tag them with whatever information you want to tag them with. Um, now, with all that being said and how great metadata is, that's kind of like in a knowledge management world, I guess. I'm not a knowledge manager, but it helps people to find what they're looking for. But I personally think search trumps all of that because search inside this is the bonus tip. Search inside of SharePoint is super powerful. So I could just go through real quick and say, you know, damage report, because maybe I already know what the damage report is. I type in damage report in the search. Boom. That comes up. Number one. It's it's super powerful. It can search inside of the document. Maybe the document is called something else, but the, the first, you know, the, maybe the title inside of the document is called, you know, 2023 damage report or something like that. Whatever. I don't know. That's the text of the document. So I go to SharePoint. I search. I, my, my search is looking inside of the document. That comes up number one. Search inside of SharePoint is super powerful. So I love metadata. It has its purpose. But I think Trump, I think search trumps all of it because search is just the way people use the Internet. You go to Google or you go to wherever and you type in something and you go looking for it. That's how people use the Internet. So make it like that inside of your organization. Why are you playing games? You know what I'm talking about? All right. That's all I got. Um, I appreciate you tuning in. But before I get out of here, I got to give a shout out to my man, Suhail um, Saeed, for inviting me to his AMA a couple weeks ago. So I do a segment every week on this show. If you don't know, it's called LinkedIn Love. And in this week, I'm doing LinkedIn Love for my guy, Suhail, because he had an AMA, right? <laughs> and the AMA, they asked me anything. It was an audio event on LinkedIn, which I keep dragging my feet. I really want to start doing my own, um, a, uh, not AMAs, but I want to do my own audio events. And I show up to the audio event. It's a good turnout. I'm excited to be there. And Suhail asks a question or invites us to ask questions. And I'm like, oh, man, I want to ask this question because I'm just, you know, I want to support. And I, and I genuinely had a question. I raised my hand. I asked the question. Suhail, um, he answered it. But in order, for, in order for you to ask a question at an audio event in LinkedIn, you got to be brought to the stage. So he brought me to the stage, turned on my mic, let me do my thing, and then um, I went back on mute. Now, under normal circumstances, you take that person and you put them back into the crowd. <laughs> but Suhail left me up there, and I was like, oh, shit. You know, oops. You know, so I was like, oh, oh crap. Like, am I going to stay up here <laughs> for the whole time? And he actually ended up keeping me up there the whole time. I wasn't expecting that, but that was so much love. You know what I'm saying? I actually got a lot of contacts out of that um, meeting. I got I had a good time. It was great hearing about people and their situations and it also lending some advice Suhail's wife was there. She was cool as hell. It was a dope event. I think he's going to start doing them regularly. Um, or, I don't know, periodically, whatever. Just here's what you do. Make sure you follow Suhail. Because, of course, if he has an event coming up, he will promote it on his page. Uh, that's S-U-H-A-I-L-S-A-Y-E-D. But that's fine. Don't you If you're driving right now, whatever, you don't got to worry about it. Just go in the show notes. I'm going to put a link to his profile. You just make sure you follow him. 
and tune in. The AMA was about how he left his organization and became his own freelancer, and he was giving out tips and taking questions for people who wanted to do the same thing, you know, leave their organization and become a freelancer. It was dope. Had a great time. Can't wait for his next one. Um, follow him and make sure you, you come to the next one. Uh, that is it. That's all I have. I hope this was helpful. Um, make sure you follow me on LinkedIn. T-H-E-R-M-A-N-T-R-O-T-M-A-N. And keep an eye out because I'm going to be doing my own audio event here soon. I just got to um, <laughs> stop dragging my feet. Thanks for tuning in. I'll talk to you all next time.